Hello, and welcome back to another installment of Over Under Fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. I am, as usual, Dave Roldan, your host. With me today in the uh, the Redford Podcast Studios, uh, Jason Pinkham. Hey, buddy. How you doing? And special guest, Joshua Mathis. Josh, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having Listen me. Listen to those golden tones. <laughs> Josh, we wanted to get Josh on for the, a little bit. The dulcet tones yeah, wanted of Joshua to, Allen. Mattis. Wanted to get Josh on for a little bit, uh, and I think we found a I think we found a topic to to work him into our rotation of people. We've had so many wonderful guests, and Josh certainly adding to that legacy. Uh, today we will be talking about the Alien movie franchise. I know that I've talked about how much I hate that word before, but I don't want to try to get cute and think of other words, so we'll just call it a franchise because that's that's what they turned it into. It's what it became. You so know, Wikipedia says right. It's, pra- one, it's practically a dynasty at this point. Yeah, when you consider I mean, there's seven movies. Yeah, something like that. Well, six, six movies, two two spinoffish movies with the Predator crossovers and. Two, at least two more to come. If you ask uh, Ridley Scott, he hasn't he has intentions to make more, and then a couple that weren't made, a couple that might not get made, and we're going to talk about all of them. Um, we will also, at the end of our Alien discussion, uh, we have all seen Alien Covenant. We all went and saw it in theaters, so we wanted to take a little bit of time and break that down a little further uh, than the other ones we're going to talk about today. So we're gonna we're gonna cover everything the the entire spectrum of the Alien franchise because it is one of my favorite movie franchises. Despite only having what I would esteem one great movie, and we will come that'll come up. I'm sure a lot of people are screaming, but there's at least two. Well, that's your opinion. So <laughs> we have we have, you know, one great movie and then a bunch of other movies, and good or bad, it's still it's still a series of movies that I get excited for every time another one gets announced. I go see them when they come out. I have seen all of them several times even the shitty ones i really enjoy these movies for reasons i can't always even explain because some of them are really really unwatchable but you go back and watch them anyway a lot of people feel the same way it's moving along at an x-men clip if you will kind of you got one great one and then a couple of good ones and then a couple of really bad ones and you keep you keep hoping that they you know they bring up talks again we're well we're working on another one we're bringing this in we're bringing this guy in and this person's been tapped to write it and you get all i get all excited again you know like ready for this to be the next great installment in this franchise that i love so much and then you know it's lukewarm results but we'll we'll talk about that a little more when we talk about covenant so we have you know i don't want to burn that off in the beginning um, I will tell you off at the top, though, the Covenant will be a review, so we will have spoilers. We will let you know when we start talking about it. If you do not want to hear us talk about Covenant because you haven't seen it or you don't want to and you're like, I don't know why you're listening to this to begin with, but hey, if you don't want to see Covenant, that's fine. Uh, we're going to give you a timestamp to skip to so we don't have to ruin anything for you. If you don't want to see Covenant, let our review stand for you. In fact, I recommend that you don't see Covenant and you let our review stand for you. <laughs> Don't give too much away. <laughs> Josh Josh has feelings. But so many before feelings. we get to Josh's feelings about Alien Covenant, uh, I'm going to set out what we're going to do here. We're going to discuss each one of the movies, and uh, we're going to give kind of our overall impressions on where we feel they kind of are. And like a, you know, to to coin the show's phrase, and kind of an overrated, underrated, or properly rated, you know, in the pop cultural canon of where these movies lie. Um, before we jump into Alien, though, which is, you know, where we probably would start. Um, I want to take two seconds to tell you guys that, you know, we're doing this and we love it and it's awesome, but you guys want to take a second, go and rate, review, subscribe, hit us up on Podbean and iTunes, and, you know, 
keep those opinions out there for us to read into while we're doing this because we really want to hear from you. And this was this was kind of spawned from some suggestions from other people. Uh, it's something that I wanted to do too, but I had enough interest that we wanted to go out and see Covenant and talk about it. So that's kind of what led to us covering all of this. It's much nicer when the suggestions line up with your own personal desires. It doesn't isn't it? hurt. I mean, it helps. It doesn't hurt at all. But this is—I just want to make that known. Like we do listen to what people tell us, and that's this was something people wanted to hear. So if you if you like what you're hearing, real quick at the top of the show, I want to take a second and let you know. Go tell us. Go tell us you like it. Go tell us you want to hear more of it. And we're gonna keep doing it. So without beating around the bush, let's just jump right into it uh, with the genesis of all of this nonsense. 1979's Alien, directed by Ridley Scott, and starring uh, Sigourney Weaver and a couple other people who are all old. Ian Holm. <laughs> Some of whom are dead. Yeah, uh, yeah. rest We've, in peace. I, 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 won't go, I won't belabor the point with all the casts, but this movie has a particularly strong cast for the time it was made. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Everybody kind of in bit parts, and, but the characters are there enough to where they're kind of fleshed out. It's something that I think is lacking in a lot of the movies following it, that the characters are given characters like in the original alien because yes because the movie is dealing much more with a human level initially like you know the movie becomes about an alien and the the humanity's attempts to you know confront that but uh everybody cast in this movie does an excellent job you know tom scarrett yafit koto uh of all portraying kind of a motivation and desire that they're you know the the survival feels real uh, more so, and I think in the installments that follow it. But uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, this movie kind of came out of a weird place. Uh, if anybody is a big fan of this kind of stuff, you probably already know. But uh, just a few years prior to this, there was a failed attempt at making Dune a film. Uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky tried to create Dune uh, based off of the Frank Herbert novels, and the production of the movie is a spectacular failure in a lot of ways, but it yields a whole lot of great things. I would urge anybody that's interested in this kind of stuff to seek out uh, Yodorowsky's Dune, the documentary. It is awesome, and it's going to go way more into detail than I'm going to do right now because there's way too much to cover. But uh, that movie leads into directly the making of this movie because Dan O'Bannon, who was hired on as the special effects coordinator for Dune, the failed Dune, uh, met a whole bunch of people, uh, including Chris Foss and H.R. Giger, who would be tapped to do the design for the ships and the aliens uh, in this movie. So all these guys kind of meet a few years before this movie happens, and that's kind of what leads to all those minds getting put into this film, which is important because it sets the <clears throat> it sets the design template and the alien design and all that stuff for every movie to follow. So every movie does its own does its own thing to try to make its own mark on the franchise, but it all starts with this movie originally, and without Dune almost happening, I don't think this movie would have happened, which is true for a lot of movies, actually. It's kind of crazy how many movies are influenced by Dune failing, but this is one of them. One thing I found interesting about this movie, too, is the fact that, and I don't know how true this is, this is just one man's opinion from watching an interview with him, but it almost seems as if Ridley Scott doesn't like Alien. (laughs) <laughs> like like he, well, he just he described it as a B movie that just you know happened to turn into a classic. I think in the in the loosest sense of how a B movie is plotted, like yeah, I, I kind of get that description. Like as a oh, it's peril in space. You know, it's like the the elevator pitch that Dan O'Bannon gave to producers at Fox for this movie was Jaws in space. Like that <laughs> that has B movie written all over it. If that's right. the template that you were going to work from. 
But uh, what makes the movie so much better than you know the that that description is everything that gets put into making it. Like the Henry Goldsmith soundtrack is spectacular. Uh, <clears throat> the like we, I'd already mentioned all the people, the design, the design of the xenomorph by H.R. Giger is iconic to a level that we all would. If, if I say the word alien, I'm sure that jumps into a lot of people's minds right away. Like even without. Even if you're not thinking of the movie specifically, just saying the word alien out of context kind of makes you think of that. Even for people who haven't even seen the movies, right, a lot of them are familiar like, yeah. with, with the alien property. And if I... This is one of the three movies that I'm most familiar with. Obviously, 2, 3, and 4, I was kind of... I didn't really get into it. But the, specifically this one, the reason they remember it, I think this is a case of... you know, As we get further into the franchise, we could talk about it. But I think this is a case of uh, people who have money misperceiving what was good about a film. Uh, the good thing about this film, as you said at the beginning, was the characters. Mm. That is what, to someone like me, who is not a huge Alien fan, like, th- that first movie was fucking ridiculous. Like, they, they establish people that you want to care about, and they and, and when they when they inevitably perish, you care that they perish. With very, with, with, what's interesting, too, is with very little work, like the... The movie starts off at a pace where where we're introduced to everybody coming out of cryostasis and receiving this beacon distress call from this weird satellite planet planetoid as this mentioned and we're not given a whole lot of backstories but we are given a lot of face time like these these people are shown interacting with each other doing menial tasks on the ship like just as a camaraderie of like a seven person crew they're just these people that are tasked to do a job and I think an interesting part of that um, that I'd read somewhere the source I'm forgetting was that the specifically the casting of middle aged to older people like actors because that's not that's not usually the template for like a thriller type film you right. put young beautiful people in peril and you have to make them find the way out but this was a I don't this, want the models to die right this felt like a movie about real people I mean they're just people doing a job in space it's yeah. just the same as people doing a job on Earth yeah. you know in a future or in a present and to speak to that real quick about the future portrayed in this movie. I have said this before in you know to my friends and stuff, but now I can record it. I think Ridley Scott, as a director, has a, he has shortcomings. But if the one thing I can definitely credit him to, credit for him rather, and it shows firstly in this movie because this was the first movie he tackled to do this. He only had one movie prior to this, so this is really early on in his career, and it's pre Blade Runner and you know pre other stuff where this shows up. But Ridley Scott's space, like the use of space that he brings out of space, is on par with no, but like it's it's past everybody. Like the the way he manages to frame the you know the isolation and the the openness of where it is they are. Like they are alone in the whole world. Like they're so far away from any kind of civilization that it you feel that immediately. Like with the long shot of the the ship passing over the camera and filmed it takes two frames per second. Yeah, still the two frames per second, and it feels like an eternity. But you you are invested immediately in just how alone all of this feels. You know, it's a movie that is both expansive in scope, but also feels extremely claustrophobic. Absolutely, yes. and that's what I loved about this movie versus you know, and we'll get into the other ones. But that's what I love about Alien versus all of the other ones in the franchise is that it felt so claustrophobic and terrifying. Which is what I think makes great, truly great horror. Like Absolutely. It is, you can run, but you're not going anywhere kind no, of thing. No, there is, there is literally nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. literally nowhere to go. And that's what they what is often missed later on in life. 
right. or later on in these movies. Which is which is why I mean, and and one more point though, it we you know I remember when I was doing a little bit of research for the show, uh, the thing that came up all the time was. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey is quote-unquote the best portrayal of space in, mm-hmm, yeah. in film history or whatever. Right. I argue this is better because it 2001 is whatever. It's fine. It, it's a great movie to each their own. It's a pretty great movie. I don't <laughs> I don't enjoy it at all. I own it. I have it. not seen it. I own it. I'll, I'll give it to you. I really don't care because it's, it's it's, it was not an experience I enjoyed and I prefer to think of space in this context where it's people Ugh. they give other than the death the grim death no I, I mean the grim death aside, no no I, mean, I know what you mean I know what you mean in the context of like they give you like you, you think that a super futuristic mining company would load load up a ship with a couple of people so they could actually interact not just two people mm. you know what I mean so that's I don't know that's, that's all I'm going to say about that um what uh what bears mention that this movie as opposed to every movie that follows it you know it has the benefit of being the first one so I'm sure that's a a part of the reason that this became as iconic as it did. But this movie is registered in the National Film Archive in the Library of Congress for being it belongs there. for being substantial and noteworthy and worthy of being preserved for generations of people to see it because it really is that great. I don't know when the last time was any of our listeners have watched the movie Alien if you've never seen it. I strongly, strongly push you to watch this movie. It is one of my favorite movies ever. I don't say that lightly. I I speak in hyperbole a lot, but this is certainly one of my top five or six favorite movies of all time. It is an absolute classic, and nothing, there is nothing else, if any, if rather, let me say, if anything, the reason I keep coming back to these movies is because I hold this first one in such a high place that I want desperately for any of the following movies to meet the bar, even the lowest bar for this movie. You know, I want any of them to be a pale comparison to how great this movie is because it's that great. It is it is exceptional in its use of, you know, both elements from horror and from sci-fi to create this perfect amalgamation of just a breathtaking, horrifying, and beautiful experience all at the same time. And like, it's doing it all without trying. And it does all of it so and it great. does all of it practically, which is, you know, I don't I don't want to go on about this too long either because we're we're starting to get a little long on Alien, but the the use of practical effects in this movie as it was 1979 can't go kind of unmentioned because there's not a whole lot in the way of special effects at this point in time. So this is done with puppets and a guy in a suit, you know, and like scale models and everything is built from scratch. And it you can't you can't watch this movie and not be kind of awed at what they were able to get out of that, Absolutely. what they brought from it. What's funny about this franchise is the fact that it's one of the few franchises I feel actually did not benefit from the special effects boom totally or an advancement that we went through in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And today. Because, because each movie since then has tried to has tried to do more with the special effects, and it falls flat every single time. Every single time. Yeah, it, just, it never feels as naturalized. Like it's, Absolutely. You know, the, the organic appeal of having everything built like that is, it comes, it comes through in a way that makes it look real. You know, the... Uh, the when you sterilize it down with the digital effects, it kind of it takes away some of that terror when it because none of you know these movies are all old, so some of it ages poorly, and we we can use that to segue into Aliens. So uh, Alien, real briefly, can never be overrated. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. No, I think that's I, impossible. I kind of feel like we all hold this movie at a pretty high regard. It's yeah, pretty absolutely. fantastic. Yeah. Um, segueing, piggybacking off of that though, into Aliens, uh, 1986, directed by James Cameron. Uh, it is a very suitable sequel. I mean, it's a few years later. They 
they didn't really know what they had with the first movie, so once it was a success, they desperately wanted to make another one. But it took a few years, you know, and turn around to find this, the right people and the right people to assemble it. Um, and James Cameron is a guy who has made a pedigree for himself, you know, in sci-fi now and in special effects to his credit. You know, with his like movies like Terminator and then Titanic on the special effects side, The Abyss. Like the guy's cultivated quite a resume, you know, as a visual director. Just like Ridley Scott. I mean, both of these guys, for all of their ups and downs. I can never say that their movies look bad because they right. don't. They all look spectacular. Exactly. And uh, to Cameron's credit, the only other time that I ever felt that the the look of the movie was on was like in a correct fashion to how the you know the the general tone of these movies are is between Alien and Aliens because Aliens takes a a bit more of an action kind of aesthetic approach to it, and there are more aliens like in number and on screen at random times, but they look. The, the effects that they use, some practical, but also a lot more digital for the 80s, you know, they still look pretty good even now. Like, it's it's kind right. of impressive that uh, James Cameron was able to find, I mean, he probably, I actually don't remember, but he probably invented some kind of camera to film this for because he's insane like that. But uh, they, they managed to make this movie feel a lot, like a lot of it was kind of made practically even though a lot of it wasn't he, he found a perfect medium and that's a medium that none of the other movies have found what he did it, it, correct me if i'm wrong but from my recent viewing of it is he combined practical effects with close-up shots and then more advanced effects for more expansive shots i guess right is, yeah. is, is the way i want to describe it um and that's really what the other movies needed to do. It's like, if you're going to do a close-up shot, you know, where the alien's getting in someone's face like, you know, it does with Sigourney Weaver, don't do not do it in CGI. It, yeah, man. It just, just it make it foam. No one's going to know. You right. know? Like, and it still looks good. It's just as, it's just as horrifying, if not more so. More because, so. Because more it so. looks textured. Like, you can, it looks tangible, like something right. you can touch. And that is, that is something that these movies lack coming... You know, specifically into the 90s after this movie. But I'm not going to give it too short shrift, but I will say that uh, this movie is held up as one of... It is often cited as like, oh, it's the best sequel ever made. It's better than the original. It's one of the few times that ever happened. It's, you know, the action the action elements of this with the Marines and, you know, the, the backstabbing of the Paul Reiser villain, which is funny to say even now. Right. <laughs> it was funny to say then, but it's certainly funny to say now. Uh you know, there's there are a lot of reasons that people hold this up to Alien and say that it is better. And while I don't disagree with your reasoning, I don't agree with the actual opinion. I don't either. My, I feel like it could have been. I feel like this movie suffers because of the Marines. Yeah, they're they're they are so over the top. Immediately out of cryostasis, they are so over the top and ridiculous. And I'm not just talking. Well, they're ready, man. I'm not they're just ready to talking blow about some shit up. I'm not just talking about Bill Paxton. All of <laughs> Rest them. In peace. All of them. Ridiculous yeah, character right, actor. Rest Paxton. in peace. Oh god. <laughs> I, I can't stand him. I'm sorry. I know he's dead, but uh, he's don't terrible. speak ill of the dead on this podcast, he's so Josh. But he's not just. He's not the only one. They are all awful, with the exception of Michael Bean. Michael Bean, I found to be the only tolerable one in them, and who is Corporal Hicks? If you remember for, the, yeah, the for character names for people that, that want to know it, and Bill Paxton is Hudson, so you can avoid <laughs> right, right, right. Or for some of us who've never seen it, oh, okay. Well, then for those of you who haven't seen it, yeah. That, I also true. feel that Sigourney Weaver 
drastically improved between Alien and Agreed. Aliens. Because, well, now, because now she is the star of this movie. Like The right. Alien is kind of the star of the first movie, despite having no screen time. Sigourney Weaver becomes the star of this movie from Jump, because she's the one that wakes up and has to relay all this information 57 years after the events of the first movie to tell the corporation, no, you guys, there's this thing, it killed all of us, it killed my whole crew, and it's on this planet, because they're... Uh, the, the plot of the second movie picks up with Sigourney Weaver being rescued from deep space sleep and the planet where they originally found the aliens, well, the face huggers that would lead to creation of aliens, has now been terraformed and there are people living on it. There's a colony. So she, rightfully so, is panicked into thinking that, oh my God, these aliens are going to kill everybody. And then Paul Reiser, speaking for the Wayland group, is like, no, no, you guys, it's going to be totally fine. There's no possible way that we put people there because we actually want the aliens to live and turn them into biochemical weapons because we're evil that would never happen i'm paul riser look at me i'm a nice guy i might get a tv show so (laughs) you that you know that's kind of where that movie starts and uh it ends as all of these movies end with nothing but death and carnage so this you know and also if i may for one second did josh i think we had the same face when you said people say this is the best sequel of all time like i I like a cat like like, I mean, so for, many examples within the they, within they this genre. They like, do say, it. yeah, <laughs> oh, it within is, the genre. within like the within oh, the genre okay. of like a actiony sci-fi like kind of more driven thing. Oh, like just because I'm immediately like Godfather Two, Iron Man Two. Like I immediately just start. I mean, rattling off titles. I mean, uh, yeah, but you know, I don't and, know. I mean, it's still Empire a pretty great. Back. It's a great sequel, even apart from apart from comparing it to things outside of its outside of its comfort zone. Like it, yeah. it really is a great movie. I'm not trying to downplay its its greatness because it's it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. Like the what they trade, what they trade away in the horror department, what they trade away in the horror department, they they more than make up for in the like guts and glory department. Like it's action is all shit. There's a lot of guns. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of aliens just picking people up off the ground. Like it's it's a lot of fun, but it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same like dread that has that has the whole alien original movie like coursing through it. I am a staunch. Me, oh, go ahead. For me personally, that's that's where it gets off the rails for me because. It's the same reason why I, I disagree with people when they say that Terminator Two is better than Terminator. No, I totally agree with They're you. They're flat out wrong. I told I, I could not I could not line up with you harder. Don't on. kill anybody, you're, you're Terminator. Taking, you're taking great sci-fi thrillers, great sci-fi horror, and Alien, and then you're turning them into sci-fi action, which is all well and good. You know, I do like Terminator Two. I do like Aliens. They're not better than the originals. Well, and I'm a staunch defender that body count does not make up for menace. Like absolutely exactly that is in, in, in actually I wanted to add on when you said earlier alien the alien is the star of the first one the menace of the alien is the star of the first one okay well if I have yeah. to give it to a direct person or creature I, you, I, know, I, you know what I mean but I, I do think it's yeah. important because that that is what makes those movies great is that you know I don't have to see it shoved in my face the whole movie but let's move into the next one um so yeah if I if I have to give if I have to give anything else to say about aliens it is. I feel it is slightly overrated for what it actually does and accomplishes, but I would never say it's a bad movie. So that's right. that's not me knocking on Aliens. I just personally, I think Alien is the strongest of the series, and it's it's kind of by a mile. I'm actually going to disagree with you on that, and we're actually getting to that point now too. Oh my god! I, if, I must be. This is like, another movie I've not seen. Go ahead and open it. Go ahead and open this up this one then. Can I open it with the tagline before he opens it? Because <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life. Sure. So three the- times the suspense, <laughs> three times the danger, three times the terror is the tagline of this movie. Go ahead. Even though it's there's a only tagline. one alien. But anyway. It's a terrible tagline. What I love about Alien 3. 
And the reason released I in like 1992, it, directed by David Fincher. <laughs> why I like it, I don't. I don't think I like it better than Alien. I'm not going to go I that. Really far. hope not. <laughs> there are aspects that I like about it. Okay. Better than Alien, I think acting wise and character wise, it is a mile above Alien. I, I kind of agree especially with, with Sigourney Weaver. She that was her greatest performance in the franchise, in my opinion. Yeah, I told. I agree with you. <laughs> Um, Charles Dance, amazing. Mm. Like I loved the dynamic between the two of them. It broke my heart when he got killed. Spoiler: alert. He gets killed real. He gets killed yeah, real good, it, it, and pretty early on. And pretty early on, but um, not before having a couple of really good on-screen scenes with Sigourney Weaver and some of the other cast. Right. Wow. Just reading a paragraph on the Wikipedia makes me kind of want to see this movie. It, it's <laughs> not a bad movie, despite okay. what some okay. people the film are saying. faced large scale problems during production, including shooting without a script. Okay. Yeah. That's I, I didn't before I'll we get stop too far. There. Go yeah, ahead. Before we get too far into it, but go finish your point though. So essentially, I think that that movie would have been a hundred times better if it weren't for the final act of the movie. Okay. The the yes. entire the entire alien chasing everybody through the corridors in the first person camera view. Wasn't believable to me. You you set up the aliens in the first two movies as being quick, lethal predators, and it can't track down and kill some guys that are stumbling and falling their way through corridors. I actually kind of like that, though, in a way, um, because it it makes it feel like it is at least slightly fallible. Like if it if the thing is too perfect, and that's like it's 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 touched on a lot that this is supposed to be like. The ultimate evolution, the, the ultimate evolution of what you know, whatever it's supposed to be an apex predator, right? But that said, though, I kind Thanks of appreciated, I kind of appreciated the dialing that back a little bit because it feels like within like a span of time that is essentially like what six minutes. It goes from being like this thing that popped out of someone's chest into this giant apex predator and it has no learning curve like it's just built that way from jump like right. i am born with all of the instincts i will ever need to track down everything all the time always like you know and it's immediate i mean it's the second that thing is out it's out and it's killing everything like i kind of like the the approach to take a step back from it like well no it's maybe it's got to get its legs under it a little bit you know and this one's this one was designed specifically more quadrupedal like so right. to make it look more animalistic, like a like a jungle cat or something, you know, like to and make she, it. And she does point out that it's different than the other. Yeah, yeah, and that's and, and it's it's worth noting that they take pains to do that for this movie. Like it's not quite the same. It's more dangerous in its way, but it's it's going to take a couple of it's going to take a little bit longer to get to that ultimate danger. You know what I mean? Because it's it's being spawned in a different sense. You know, because this one comes from an animal. Uh, as opposed to like a human, which makes it the right. quadrupedal appearance of how it turns out, which is horrifying when you think like, oh shit, these things can just gestate in any living thing. So that's that's kind of a cool approach because I hadn't done that in the movies up to up to three. But uh, the I think the greatest part of Alien Three is actually the process and how Alien Three became a movie at all because it's Absolutely. kind of amazing that it even made got made. Like it was. It was right after two that uh, Fox uh, wanted to. It's 20th Century Fox, sorry. Fox wanted to make two more How films. Dare you. Two more films immediately. Like they were like, no, we're going to shoot these at the same time to save money. Like we're going to give you this much money, James Cameron, come and make these films for us. And he's like, well, 
I don't know. Like that's that's a lot of work to do, and I I like to go tinker around with cameras for like four years before I make another movie. So <laughs> I'm probably gonna have to turn this down. But let me see a script. So no fewer than, and I'm I'm just gonna jump ahead because I don't want to start naming every single person that had a hand on this. No fewer than nine people wrote a full script for this film before the final script actually got processed, and that has. I think five people's names on the final product, like three different directors, uh, nine, seven or nine different writers, four or five working scripts. Like this movie was in uh, development hell for a solid five years before they even got into shooting the film. And by that point, $7 million had been spent in just treatments and setting up locations and building some sets like before anything even got done. Like, a f- nearly $10 million got set into making this movie before it even got to being made a movie. It's insane how much they had to get through to cut through all of the bullshit to make a movie. What I think is also interesting about it, and a thing that I feel is kind of an underrated aspect of it, is that it is watchable at all. I'm serious. Like, if right. I'm going to give credit to a movie for being watchable, like, I'm not saying it's great, but I feel this movie is underrated because it takes elements from three desperate, disparate scripts where there is a prison planet, there is a, there is a combat between the company, the Wayland Yutani group, and like a weird Marxist regime on some planet over the alien, and it also has uh, elements of the co- the corridors and the tunnel things that we had described um, as uh, as being built on like this weird luddite planet where everything's like wood and spherical and like kind of like you know, like a like a throwback kind of time where there isn't, like, metal and it's not futuristic. Like, it takes elements of all three of these separate scripts and binds all of them into one weird script that pulls from every single aspect of all of those scripts and turns out to be okay. Like, it's amazing that they, were, they managed right. to weave any of that together to begin with. Um, David Fincher has disowned this movie. It was his... It was his uh, Hollywood debut, his directorial debut, period, because he was directing music videos and shit before this, and he outright disowned it, wanted his name off of it, said the experience was terrible, he almost considered quitting altogether, like, making movies, because the process was impossible to get anything done, and I couldn't have blamed him, like, I, to have to go through that many things, he was, like, the fourth person they even asked to direct, you know, like, all the way down the line, so he's coming into a movie that's being, that's been rewritten so many times, and then also asked to rewrite it, but the writers of that script also rewrote the things he was rewriting. Like it's, it's amazing. If, if you ever have a chance, uh, it's. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, the greatest sci-fi movies that were never made. It's a book. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it right now. I'm sorry, but uh, read. The, it has excellent stories about tons of movies, but there is a full chapter on Alien Three. I would f- seek it down. It's not that hard to find. I think you can find the chapters online if you look for it. But the story of Alien 3, way more interesting than the actual Alien 3 movie. But since we didn't talk too much about it, I will say, I agree with you. I think this movie is very underrated. It. Yeah. I liked um, it. As someone who has such an appreciation for the first movie, I liked, I liked that this felt a bit more... It felt a bit more like the first one in terms of tone. Like, it, it felt more horror than action. Right. It felt more isolated than claustrophobic because there are there is a difference you know and uh i felt that the things this movie tried to do failed ultimately and you're right the the third act has a lot of problems but the uh the execution is such that it makes it it still makes it interesting to watch because they make a lot of interesting choices like the cast is very good and they're they're kind of given you know a lot of range to 
illustrate some of that. Like Pete Pulsawait has a nice role in it, even though he's not in a long. Like uh, <clears throat> even our boy Rock, I just forgot his name. Uh, uh, black dude, Charles Dutton. <laughs> yeah, Charles Dutton. Yep. Uh, Charles Dutton has a he's got a, he's got a monologue in there. He's got I some good. That's Charles S. Dutton. Yeah, he's got he's, he's got, got some, some great good stuff. interactions with Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. too, especially yeah. when she's asking him to kill her to right. You know, to yeah, kill to the prevent queen. that. Yeah, because a uh, uh, plot point: Sigourney Weaver is carrying the queen alien embryo inside of her. So, in theory, should Sigourney Weaver die, that would kill all of them off. We are led to believe, at least that's kind of what's portrayed in this movie. But the the company doesn't want that to happen. They want it to live because they are going to weaponize the alien. Because that just seems like the best idea. Like, they haven't learned yet, after all of this death and all of these people being murdered constantly, that this thing probably shouldn't be weaponized because clearly they can't control it. But they seem to think like they can. But anyway, that aside. Um, Time to jump into some hot garbage. <laughs> before we do that, real okay. quick. Um, uh, did you have anything else you want to say about Alien 3? I'm sorry. I feel like I stepped on that. I did, but it's gone. Oh, it's it's... <laughs> Alien 3 is the perfect example of what we were talking about earlier where the new age of effects really detracted from it. Yeah. Because the CGI in that movie is just abysmal. There are some practical effects. Like there's like a weird puppet and rod system that they use for some of the closer shots. But they they do a lot more extended, extended, extended shot scenes with the alien on screen. And they do that with it fully on screen and when you when you see that it is like ooh, it looks like 1992 special effects so yeah there's there's a bit more of that and that's that is unfortunate but go ahead i'm sorry that that was essentially it i just wanted to point out because i think without that the movie could have been you know 10 times better yeah it's i mean it's it's really like a it's a it's a really like great example of what could have been like when you read about when you read about the other treatments for this movie, I, I don't want to get into all of them because there are way too many, but the uh, the separate scripts, each one of them by themselves, all sound decent. Like, they would have made much better movies, but for some reason or another, the producers or whatever director was helmed at the time or whatever writer got a rewrite, they all ended up coming to the conclusion that it didn't have enough. Whatever it was they got in front of them wasn't enough to film, so it just kept, it just kept getting just bastardized and trashed around until we got what we saw on screen. And... I wouldn't say to skip this because I really do think it is good. I think it, it merits a viewing because in the in the original trilogy of movies, it is the worst one. But if we're comparing it to everything that comes after it, it's almost great Like compared right. to some of the stuff that we're about to talk about. Which leads us into 1997's Alien Resurrection, <sighs> directed by Jean-Pierre Junot, who is someone that I admire so very much. A director, I treasure two of his films quite quite desperately uh, city of lost children and so the good. remarkable amelie which is another one of my favorite movies movie. ever ever made man you want to talk about juxtaposing two films for <laughs> right? one director yeah <laughs> uh, here's here's my catalog of work i do the amelie and the alien resurrection <laughs> and they're like uh qua <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah it's uh and it's written by, by joss whedon yep Every, everybody's superhero messiah, Joss Not Whedon. Not anymore. Well, well duh, don't get. I was going to say, don't shit on him yet because he's about to come back and do Justice League now. With uh, oh, no. that's a that's a separate issue for a separate podcast. I'll let you find that news out on your own. Uh, but, I actually think I heard um, something about that. Joss Whedon, uh, very early on, in Joss Whedon's career had a had a little stint where he was writing some stuff before he directed a lot of stuff, and he I still be- writes. I believe he was balls deep in Buffy at this point, though. It's getting close. Ninety seven. I mean, yeah, Buffy's around. Balls but it's, deep in Buffy. <laughs> 
that is also another topic for another podcast. Probably not. Probably not our podcast. Welcome to Who Could We Be Balls right. Deep? In? Over underrated, fuckable '90s TV stars. Um, Start with Larissa Olenek. <laughs> way underrated. Thank um, you. Go. Anyway, so God, I just lost my train of thought. Alien Resurrection. Alien Resurrection. Okay, so Sigourney Weaver comes back, sort of. I mean, it is Sigourney Weaver, but it's not Ellen Ripley. Uh, her character, which I don't know if we even mentioned that her character's name is Alan Ripley through all these movies, but right. she's been playing the same character through all of these films. Um, she didn't want to. Uh, she wasn't going to. She wasn't going to come back for three either. Originally, we didn't talk about it too much, but three uh, was supposed to star Michael Vine as the starring role in one of the original treatments. And they actually rightfully, I think, in this way, the producers at the time said that we don't have many marketable female protagonists like as vehicles, you know, like in as the as as the star of these vehicles. So they wanted to keep her in. And I actually thought that was that's nice. I think it's great. It's so often not the case. But they deal with it in the wrong way by killing off his character at the right. beginning of the third movie. Yeah. So she was a, she was going to be a bit role, and you know she was supposed to die at the end of three, which she does on screen. But this is a clone of Alan Ripley that we see in the fourth movie, and uh, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I actually don't hate that aspect of Alien Resurrection. I mean, there, there's because well, there's so much to, more to hate. Yeah, there is a lot to hate on that movie. <laughs> I don't hate the cloned Alan Ripley. Uh, storyline I think Sigourney Weaver is great and I think with each movie she evolved as an actress mm-hmm. and I think that this was a a perfect opportunity for her to do something a little bit different within the same universe yeah and but I liked her as the badass. I mean, she was still a badass as Ellen Ripley but, but she was kind silly. of an accidental badass. It is silly. <laughs> and and you know, it wasn't handled properly. It does, it just doesn't pay off. Like I mean, cool, she's a clone and she's like superhuman and she can do things like shoot a basketball a bunch of times. Like that's such a terrible. Who scene. cares? You know what I mean? This now these movies all are predicated on the notion that the style is what is going to dictate kind of first what these movies fall into after that. So what really falls, what really fails though in the in the execution after you establish the style for this movie is that you become a slave. To what you are doing stylistically like this movie falls on its face immediately when it's like you know what this is going to be the cool alien movie right. the music is all like like all weird fucking noises coming out of nowhere kind of accentuating how isn't this crazy and then you know the writing <laughs> the writing is fucking god awful like we can say anything we want to about joss whedon but my man wrote a shit shit movie like <laughs> yeah it's not good <laughs> it's it is it is downright cringeworthy, some of the lines that fall out of these people's faces. And Winona Ryder, national treasure Winona Ryder, who in my heart will forever reign as the greatest actress ever, uh, is completely squandered in a role that requires her to just kind of stand around and go, what? Whoa. Like, She's the female Keanu Reeves. She, yeah, yeah. I mean, she kind of is, but that's, I mean, definitely in this movie. Like, every single, every single character is completely wasted and completely useless. Ron Perlman, who is not by any means like the greatest actor in the world, but Ron Perlman is good at being Ron, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman can take your garbage and make it fun. <laughs> Ron Perlman he is can. good at being Ron Perlman. Like, see, he exceeds at that. See Pacific Rim. Absolutely. Right. So in a, in a movie where you, where you want to see Ron Perlman being awesome and being Ron Perlman, all that gets smushed down again because this movie is still, it's that bad. It right. ruins Ron Perlman, who is fun as fuck all the time. That's a- and it's like every directorial choice they made as far as action sequences and 
staging and everything is just bad. The the scene where the aliens are swimming along the water, that could be terrifying, but it looks so bad. Yeah, the, if, we're, if we want to talk about any of these movies having bad CG, this one is the culprit. Absolutely. Like, it starts <clears throat> It starts with the two, two, is it two aliens. There's two of them at least. There's three. There's three? There's okay. three and two of them kill the other in, one to get out they're of the Okay, thing. yeah, that's right. Okay, so... Yeah, the movie, it starts with aliens in captivity, and those look pretty good. Like they spend a decent amount of time with them shown on screen, and that feels more like practical effects because they're just kind of in a room isolated, and they figure out a way to re- escape containment because they're aliens and they're smart and shit. They are, as we keep referring to, like you know, the apex predator. I can't, we got to find a better word to say than that <laughs> fucking wrestling garbage. <laughs> the, no, that's uh, from the pinnacle, <laughs> the pinnacle of evolution. Sure, that, the that pinnacle still of doesn't help. Anyway, they're they're amazing they're and they're they're real real smart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're the they're the can phenomenal say, ones. Can I say one thing? Not having seen this movie sight unseen, there's two things that stick out to me. Number one, you got a director who made a great love story. That's a bad, <laughs> yeah. bad, bad casting and or cho- choice. And number two, you picked a quippy, bitchy writer to write your sci-fi horror action that's, movie. That's not a fair assessment because the director, no, the director, no, of of John of Jano. Oh, okay, sorry. Because he also directed City of Lost Children yeah, prior to this movie. City of Lost Children is before this, right? And City of Lost Children, it's, str- it's on the strength of that that he got this movie. Has amazing tone and is a sci-fi. Oh yeah, it is gem sci-fi as fuck. Right. Yeah, and okay. it's I've never seen that either. It is you excellent. Should. It is you excellent. Should. If anybody saw City of Lost Children and then saw that Juno was directing this, they immediately thought, oh my god, this movie's going to look incredible and it's probably going to be atmospheric and fantastic and it's going to have all the things that I liked about City of Lost Children in this movie. Well, it had the guy's name on it and it had that weird dude with his weird face. But apart from that, (laughs) that weird weird French dude with his weird face, his name I'm forgetting. But apart from that, it has nothing. It has nothing resembling that kind of character. Nothing resembling that kind of... It also had Ron Perlman. It also had Ron Perlman. Also had Um, Brad Dourif. Never a great... Side. No, fuck that. Brad Dourif rules. Brad and Brad Dourif is actually kind of okay in this movie. He's a really strained scientist. So if if I'm giving anybody an MVP, it's probably Brad Dourif for making the most of the scenes he's in when he's in them, just being creepy, and talking about how perfect the aliens are because everybody always has to. Um, what, what, I movie. Find, what I did find funny about this movie, though, in terms of writing with Joss Whedon, is resident Joss Whedon expert, it almost felt as if it were a prequel to Joss Whedon doing Firefly and Serenity. Right. Because the gang of mercenaries that are the, you know, the focal point of this movie feel like the gang of mercenaries from Firefly and Serenity. I can absolutely see that comparison. Probably like getting it out of his system. Like, what if I wrote this, if I wanted to write this well... What would be the opposite? Like, if I want to get it out of my system so I don't fuck it up next time, I'll right. make Alien Resurrection, which is exactly what he did. And I, I don't want to put the blame entirely on the creative forces behind this, because there were there were some studio struggles, as is to be expected with all of these movies somehow. Now that becomes a thing. Um, the the budget got cut a little bit, and then the, the release dates got pushed. There was a couple of rewrites on it. So it, the movie has its own problems getting out of production, but it manages to get out, and it... It fails because it is very, very bad. But I it, felt like it had a good skeleton. It's just everything yeah. was executed poorly. Everything. Yeah, everything was. There was a good skeleton there, but... Went right down to the design of what we see on screen. Apart from the Xenom, like the original OG alien... <sighs> I don't know what you want to call that fucking thing. It's an alien-human hybrid. Okay, the, the alien-human hybrid, it, that, yeah. and that is the end result of what, what this uh, evolution gets to in this movie... It makes no sense. Yeah. It is ugly and weird. Not even like in a scary ugly, but it's like translucent and has 
like feelings, but also is bizarre in a, a big pregnant belly. Yeah, <laughs> is it, yeah, a giant pregnant belly and like a no, no, a, a like, Michael Jackson nose. Yeah, uh, did you know it said that he wanted to design these things like with genitalia to to uh, to kind of illustrate the humanity of them, and it mostly just looks it it doesn't it doesn't illustrate anything apart from looking fucking stupid. Like, right. which is too bad because the the only good scene in this entire movie, and it's it's. Uh, it's worth mentioning because if you don't ever watch the movie, find the scene because it's actually pretty fucking horrifying. When they find the lab full of all of the clones, you remember like all of the yes, Ripley clones and the, the aliens, clones, yeah. the alien Ripley clones that end up like to where Ripley is now. But Ripley, the clone Ripley, comes and finds all of these clones of her that were all imperfect and really fucking horrible, like mutated horribly. And that scene is awesome because they are the design for that alone is spectacular why that couldn't be the entire movie i will never know because for one awesome scene it was like oh my god this feels like an alien movie like this is this is what i wanted to see like it's it's horrific it's you know it it it, like it uh it's entrancing you know like it grips you as an audience member in like that kind of dread like oh my god this is fucking bananas like that they're finding this thing and then they have a scene where somebody flips over backwards and fires guns down a uh, fucking yeah. like down a like it a was a ladder, ladder. Yeah. yeah like strapped to somebody's back it's just man that movie goes all over the place off the fucking rails did you see the concept art for what the final version of the alien was originally supposed to be in oh yeah that movie it looked awesome. Yeah, it looked great. Yeah. Like this, this movie should have been so much better, and yeah. not in the Alien Three way where it got real, real fucked before it got made. This movie had all the parts in place, like you said. It had a, it had a structure and a skeleton to it that would have been easy to elaborate and improve on. I don't know where it went wrong, but it, it just didn't go well. Maybe it was a European director having to try to instill his vision over some American screenwriting, to the laws. Con- confl- conflicting <laughs> with the producers. I'm not sure. I don't want to blame anybody individually, but. That movie's a fucking trash fire. Don't watch it. I'm not even going to tell you it's worth watching. It's not. It's fucking terrible. Like, it is it's, It is fairly rated as the worst movie that has, that has come from this entire franchise. Yeah, it is It is the worst. It's the lowest rung on the ladder. Yeah. That being said, yeah. let's jump into the next best. So we've got Prometheus, right? Well, long, a long dormancy phase happens in the Alien franchise. We get a couple of Alien versus... years. We get a couple of Alien versus Predator movies, which is the second one kind of led to the this movie getting made because the the idea was out there to want to make another alien movie as recently as like 2000 like the, the early thousands they had talked to Ridley Scott hey do you want to make alien 5 we'd like you to make alien 5 because that last one was terrible we'll put your name back on it people will love us again right and he's like oh I'm gonna go win Oscars making gladiator so fuck this movie so then that happens um we come back you know these alien versus predator movies get made they're also terrible I mean watch them if you want to I also love predator but these movies are completely passable. They're not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so Prometheus kind of languishes for a few years, getting passed around the same way every one of these movies seemingly for the past three movies has happened, like since the original movie. Like we we're having problems getting this off the ground. So finally, in like 2010 or 11, Ridley Scott's like, no, I'm going to do this. I want to come back in, and I want to make this a prequel. I want this movie to be the beginning of a series of movies, maybe just one, but maybe four or 12, that will lead into the creation of Alien, the movie I made in 1979. So these movies are to be direct predecessors of Alien 1979. Right. Okay, so Prometheus is the end result in 2012. Prometheus is a very polarizing film i think it is fair to say 
I don't want to speak for everybody in this room, so we'll quickly we will quickly go around and give our opinions. I really like Prometheus. I don't think it's bad. I think it gets a bad rep. Josh? When I first saw Prometheus, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I thought it was a great movie. I rewatched it specifically for this podcast, and I no longer had the advantage of knowing nothing going in. At this point, years have passed. I've read reviews. I've seen what other people have to say about it. I watched it again, and I agree with those other people. It's not a good movie. Mm. It's it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh, and how. But it suffers kind of from the same, uh, same problems that Alien Resurrection had, in my opinion, where it's got a great skeleton, but the execution on it is just poor. The music choices... Not great. It sounds like the musical score for a superhero movie, not an alien thriller. Okay. The characters are supposed to be these scientists and well-trained group of people, and they're all fucking dumb. They're <laughs> just so stupid. And their motivations make no sense, too. It's like, like the geologists, when they first go into the monolith or whatever you want to call it, the ziggurat that they find. He goes in there. Sorry. He goes in there and essentially, as soon as they find the dead uh, engineer, which is the new alien for this movie. Right. As soon as they find the dead engineer, he freaks out, like just pissed at everybody. And it's like, dude, you're at 11. Can, can you take it down to seven? It does. It just didn't make sense to me. Like, I can understand him being scared and upset or something like that, finding a dead alien, you know. It's not just that they're dead aliens. Like, the what this movie is proposing is that these people are going to find their creators. Like, right. they are, and, they and are seeking their ostensibly gods. And that's what I mean when I say that it has a good skeleton, because I love that story idea. Mm-hmm. I love that plot. I just didn't feel like the execution of it was very good. And I don't feel like the characters acted very well in their motivations. Do you think, having seen Covenant now, because the the biggest the biggest uh, knock against Prometheus because it is gorgeous and uh, acting is praised pretty well. The performances from the people that are in it are pretty good by and large. Right. Um, the biggest problem that people seem to have as audiences and critics coming out of this movie was that there were too many unresolved plot holes and con- confusing motivations. Do you think that after seeing Covenant? any of that gets tied up because I actually like Prometheus more on a level after seeing Covenant because it does actually do some of that for you. Prometheus makes me hate Covenant more. (laughs) And we'll get to that when we talk about Covenant. I'd like a turn. (laughs) Yeah, man. Because I love this movie. This movie, it... it, But this is, you know, we get ready to hear what you heard yesterday in our uh, pre-show for this to some extent. This movie suffers from what I think this is like a a smaller version of what Covenant suffers from which is I wish that Ridley Scott I don't know what his ego is I don't know much about the man I'm assuming <coughs> based on what I've seen of his films that he's probably egotistical to some extent he does shoot in a grand style if he had, was willing to direct in a style like the Russo brothers do where it's like alright I got this great idea I'm gonna pass it off to the guy who can execute it well like the first half, this movie, much like Covenant, and Covenant is an, is a, an exaggerated version of this to some extent. Uh, it's it's two the tale of two movies: the whole trip to the planet, the exploration inside, 
and then everything up until the aliens get involved, like the 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 the, the virus or whatever the fuck it is, is amazing. Once the virus is unleashed, however you want to word it, I stop caring. That and and this is from somebody who loves the movie is because Ridley Scott can't do sci-fi action. I don't know why, and maybe he can't anymore. Maybe he used to be able to because Alien's great, but he maybe he's trying to do too much. But that being said, the set design is far and away better than most modern movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. The costumes they're wearing are perfect. And it's a load, like the majority of those were practical sets. Like they built Absolutely. the sets for yes. this and film, you, and it, it shows. It's, it, it's kind of amazing. And like, it, the scale of these sets are incredible. Granted, some of that has to do with the budget. When you're working with 120 to 130 million, right? Doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't. But it made 403 million. So. Right. It succeeded in its goal, ultimately. Well, that's how we got another movie out of it. Absolutely. Right. You know. That being said, I do want to touch on one thing at the end there. That uh, burst out scene when, uh, or the, 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 uh, what's Extraction? The, yes. When she, when yes. The, yeah, when the she C-section has to, that we get when to witness. Has to, yes, when she gives herself. birth to a squid. Yeah. Yes. That C-section is one of the most gruesome things I've ever seen put on It's pretty on brutal. It's, that was a good scene. It is ridiculous. With the exception of the fact that it was a squid. <laughs> Yeah, that is a little well, bit because of a problem. Well, because this is this is it's not though because that is this is presupposing that the alien movie has not happened yet. So like the traditional xenomorph as we know how that thing looks doesn't exist. It hasn't gotten to that evolution yet. That. I'm good with that too. Yeah. That's actually something that I really liked about this movie is that they make you wait. The payoff doesn't show up until the end credits stinger scene where another spoiler alerts for Prometheus. Um the tra- more traditional looking alien pops out of one of the engineers that the squid thing managed to manages to oviposit you know a, a pod into so right. you can see the next progression of the evolution of where the alien is going how the alien is going to look and where it shows up and why it looks the way it does because that's a more humanoid figure and the engineers are more humanoid aliens and so you can it, also see the working of the was it Waytani Wayland Wayland Corporation yeah, the Wayland yeah Wayland. the work it's still Wayland at this point yeah because it's not Utani yeah. yet you can see the workings of the Wayland Corporation in that David is tinkering the entire time like the entire second half of this movie Wayland is just kind of toying with them you know he's uh, He's the one uh, impregnating the the engineers with the alien spore or whatever. He's the one that ensures that it keeps getting passed on and on and on. So you can see the Waylands like their intentions. That is a problem, though. Like in the something that people touch on as being a problem because what is the motivation for David, a robot android, to fuck with life this way? Like it's not actually it's not actually presented to you until the next movie. Yeah, so that is that is a valid point. Like that. He's just doing this to do it. Like yeah. the you know the whole the whole reason that they end up being sent out there is because uh, uh, Waylon proper the guy um, uh, uh, Guy Pierce Guy Pierce um, which which is another issue that I'd yeah touch Guy on Pierce wants to meet these people because he wants to stop them he wants them to stop him from aging like he wants to he wants meet to his forever. maker and live forever and David the android played by Michael Fassbender is you know an android and has its own you know thoughts it's kind of almost sentient and. It does not have the same reverence for what these humans have. Like it doesn't understand having already met its maker, because it's it's Guy Pierce. It doesn't understand this need to want to seek this out. So none of it's put forward in this movie. Like what the motivation is then for David to meddle in these affairs. Like it's not actually stated very clearly at all. So that is a huge. It's a huge talking point that gets resolved pretty pretty immediately in his appearance in Covenant which is something that I really appreciated they did because watched as a watch as a pairing this movie will make a lot more sense Prometheus will make a lot more right. sense whether or not you like Covenant these 
Prometheus gets a lot of things answered because of Covenant's existence. But that's not how you're supposed to make a movie. Like, that's the problem. The biggest problem I have with Prometheus is, and the biggest problem I have with Covenant also, they have scenes like this in Covenant where it feels like, well, we'll get some answers in the next movie. What if we don't get a next movie? And what if I want the answers now? Like, I'm watching this movie in a time, in a present now. I shouldn't have to wait another four years to get my, my answers, my questions answered. What frustrates me, too, is is my understanding going from Prometheus to Covenant is that Alien Covenant was not supposed to be a Prometheus sequel. They they bandied... The, the, the wording is what's fucking catchy on this one because they are sticky on this one. They, they didn't want to call it a sequel because it was, but people kind of had a sour taste in their mouth about Prometheus. Right. So they tried to say, it's like, well, it's not a sequel and it's not really a spinoff. It's a continuation Hey guys, we went a little long. Turns out we had a lot of feelings on Alien Covenant. So, stop it here at 56 minutes, come back to it if you want to hear it, or just jump to 137.36 to hear our final thoughts on the movie and to give you some extra information at the back end. Alright, just wanted to let you know. They're like, well, that's, isn't that just a sequel? a sequel? Don't you just call a sequel like something that comes after the thing that you're referencing to? Like, doesn't that make sense to call it that? But for some reason, they didn't want to accept that as a thing. So the wording got all tricky, and they don't want to make it sound like a sequel. But it's a direct fucking sequel. Like, it's it's ten Spoilers. years. It's ten <laughs> years in the future. You know, like it's it's not like they take a lot of time. It's not like aliens between alien and aliens. There's a fifty seven year layoff. This yeah. movie is ten years later. It's a decade. Like some of the people would still be alive if they hadn't run into aliens. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and uh, anyway, you know. With that being said, it just feels unfair to try to term it as any other word. You know, I'm, I'm still not sure why it had to be that way. Like why they would want to pretend like it isn't because that's you know, it's all of these movies are leading up until into Alien. Like there's there is a plan. We'll, we'll get into this. Let's let's just jump into Covenant now. Okay. So and Covenant, before we do, go ahead. Spoilers for the listeners. Right, my fault, my they fault. They do have to know this is from here on out we will be discussing Alien Covenant which just came out 2 weeks ago. Yes, yeah, as of you our may recording. Not have seen. Yeah, you may if you haven't seen it, either go see it or just accept that we are going to ruin the fuck out of it for you. Plain That's especially me. Yes. That being said, um heading into Covenant now, so it's uh 2017 Ridley Scott is back to, you know, follow up Prometheus. These movies are directly leading into Alien, and there are going to be two more of them, at least, if, if you ask Ridley Scott. So there's no way to not call them sequels to each other, because they are. It is a sequence of four films that will become Alien. Like, there's no other way about it. So not calling it a sequel is ignorant on their part. Not our part, because we're calling it a fucking sequel. What's also frustrating, and I don't even know that it's just on their part, is I feel like Alien Covenant came about from the negativity that... Ridley Scott got from Prometheus. It did. It's oh, 100%. And yeah. I feel like the movie suffers because of it. I agree. I totally agree with you. I feel like he's projecting his hatred for other people into this movie. I don't think that... I think it's less that, and it's more that he is he is trying to meet the demands of so many different warring factions. Like, there are people that want... Alien, the film. There are people that want aliens. There are people that really did enjoy Prometheus and they want a continuation of that because they enjoy it and want more. There are people that love the franchise but hate Prometheus because it's weird and existential and doesn't answer as many questions as it poses. And then there are people like me who kind of like all of it but just want it to be like make sense. I want it to be cohesive, you know. 
I think another thing that pissed me off specifically about Ridley Scott in this movie is the fact that Neil Blomkamp, or however the hell you pronounce his last name, yeah, Blomkamp. Uh, was planning on making an Alien sequel. He was planning on bringing back Ellen Ripley and uh, Hicks. I was all on board for that. We all were. The sketches so are on out board there. For that. There's been some. There's been some concept design that has been right. shown on the internet. It all looks fucking awesome. Like, and I feel like Ridley Scott is kind of giving the middle finger to the people that wanted is. that movie. Originally, he was going to produce it, and then. Once he was given the opportunity to make more of these movies, the Prometheus, Alien Covenant films, he's more or less stated that that movie has been shelved. Like, and right. it feels like he he had a he had a percentage of blame in that. I I don't want to say that he doesn't get to make those kind of calls because he he's done a lot for this franchise. It wasn't his idea, you know. Like, it's written by other people, but he is a large reason why that movie was so successful. It is definitely it is definitely to Ridley Scott's credit that that movie is as good as it is because it has a feel and a look and a you know a tone that is wholly from him you know I, I don't want to take that away from him right but at the same time he's lost some of that and that is we'll get into covenant now so that's you know we lead up uh after the events of prometheus with another ship uh another crew this one a little smaller than the original alien uh i don't know how many people but not that many um maybe 20 something like that it doesn't matter because it goes to it gets down to like five real fucking fast. But yeah, it does. it's a pretty small crew, but they are carrying uh, 2,500 like some people and a bunch of embryos of babies and shit. Mm-hmm. They're um, colonists. They are colonists. They yeah. are going to colonize another planet they have found that will be uh, habitable for people because that's pretty much what all these movies inevitably have to deal with. Like we are in the future and humanity needs more places to live. Like Whalen Utani, right. building better worlds. <laughs> Good. At this so point, just Wayland. Yeah, still yeah, right. Previ- prior to Utani being part of the the thing, because this is still a prequel and a sequel. So it's a cool. Yeah, this movie this movie <laughs> gets to go both ways, and we support that on Over Under Fair. Um, Bisexual movies and all. Um, don't gender this movie. By sequel movies. Um, anyway, so here we are. Uh, these people wake up out of cryo cryostasis that they're in because there's a malfunction with. The solar recharging thing. So sale. Yeah, it's it's ostensibly a sale. Okay, that I just want to say in the film. It said yeah, it's in the sale. So before we get too far into, I'm not going to break it down beat by beat. But before we get too far into breaking this down, here here again is me in the theater watching the scene unfold where the sail is being jumped out of the ship. You know, like folding out around it all fucking perfectly. I was blown away. Like yeah, it looked. If amazing. I if, again, if I had to say anything about Ridley Scott, because I have a lot of problems with his films. Do not get me wrong. My God. It looks so fucking good. His, the way that man films space, and again, it's not even real space. It's fucking fake space. But the way that he manages to make fake space look so real, and then the, then the things that are fake in fake space look also real in fake space, looks so fucking good that it it brings tears to my eyes. How great that man operates in those parameters, and the design of the ship also has a very cool kind of throwback alien feel to it. Like this movie starts with so much promise like i'm ready to be like wowed you know can i actually say something about the design of the the ships too because this is a big problem that i had with both prometheus and alien covenant is it does the same thing for me that the star wars prequel trilogy did and it's like take all these designs i'm sorry center of the mic take all these designs and uh essentially throw them out the window in order to do use 
updated technology. Mm. And yeah. it's like, how am I supposed to buy that this is a prequel that's, you know, however long before the first one when all of this technology is so far advanced compared to what was around on the uh, Nostromo in the first Alien movie? Yeah, I mean, it's a... Why does technology reset kind of thing? Right. Yeah, it is a... You have to suspend some disbelief, but this movie doesn't feel like it's going... Prometheus did, because Prometheus had, you know, the scenes where they're inside of the... They're inside of the ship with, like, alien technology and the big globe, like, pops out and you get to see all that. Like, that movie felt a bit more like, oh my god, this is supposed to be a prequel, why does it look so much better? But this movie felt a little less, because it doesn't deal with a whole lot of technology apart from having a ship like yeah. there isn't and, and they're there not isn't, on yeah. the ship as much right they're not going they're not going through like through pains to show you too much of the technology which is definitely a benefit <sighs> however a large detriment to this movie well why don't we just start talking about the things we don't like about it before we take a chance to talk about the things we do uh they find a planet they being the crew um Oh, we should actually mention that uh, there is a death, and that results in some conflict on ship. Best part of the movie. <laughs> they killed James Franco. <laughs> I didn't even realize Before it was James he Franco. Before even got to talk. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was James Franco because I didn't watch the little baby right. prequels. Yeah, there are little, there are little uh, snippets. There's some uh, online um, like videos. There's two like, 10-minute there, prequel prequels. Yeah, I can't think of what the fucking word I'm looking for. We'll call them vignettes. There's, There's sequel, prequel, little, prequel, prequel There sequels. are little things, little online videos that you're supposed to watch as like mission briefings kind of yeah. that show you uh, the crew interacting with each other before the events of this movie happen. So there's it kind of establishes some of the crew bonds and some of the things that would be lost in the movie later because I don't understand some of it. I'm assuming that that's why the scene from the preview where they're all talking about how awesome it is that you know they're all couples and they're making this colony and yeah. it's not in the movie. It's not in the movie. That's yeah. that is in okay. one of those. Like that's that's one that of the is biggest. One of those. It's one of the biggest it's issues. It's one of the biggest issues I have with this movie. Is like, dude, it's like eight minutes. Just put them in the movie. Like, right. I at this rate, you're already doing two hours. Just do eight more minutes. Like, it's this is the biggest issue that I have with Prometheus and this movie. Give everything you're supposed to be giving because Prometheus did this too. It had its own like initial run up with some advertising materials. Ted 2023. Yeah, yeah, the Ted 2023. Like it had it had supplemental material you were supposed to watch before you came in to watch this movie. That's cool as a marketing device, but when they're like integral parts of plot relations between like characters and motivations and shit, that's right. got to be in the movie, man. You to, can't count on people watching that shit. This is, I didn't. This is I, you know. This I'm is a one, fan. This is one of the big problems with like the Matrix trilogy is like besides the fact that those movies sucked two and three, is that they introduce like the Animatrix and then the comics and then the video games. The Animatrix all, is fucking good. And they all have so, plot points. But if I don't want to watch the Animatrix, right. you know, I, uh, I once heard, wisely put, a movie is a fucking... Take me in and fuck me. Don't talk about how great our marriage is going to be. Gross. Like, I don't need to... But I don't need to hear about... Like, I don't need to know... Like, I don't need all this to be unknown. You start and you end with opening and end credits. You know, we don't need the resolution of the last movie to be at the beginning of this movie. Well, that's what happens, kind of. That's my like, point. Yeah. But it, but it makes for a really cool scene. Like, it's it's got a lot of storytelling that uh, improves on some of the goings-on in Prometheus and is is kind of cool to see in this movie, like, apart from the fact that it should have been in the other one. Um, specifically, we, we're skipping around, because that's just kind of how this works. Um, when they get to this this planet that they also find that is habitable. Um, the whole reason we get to this planet is because they find a planet closer to them. They intercept a message. And, and, and yes. I want to talk about this because this is one of the biggest problems that I, I had agree. in the movie. 
is the way that they intercept this message. So Danny McBride's character is out fixing the uh, fix, fixing the the solar sail. Yes, um, he's coming back and he intercepts a message that is both audio and visual, but not visual in like it comes up on the screen. It's visual in like. It's the little lights and everything from Prometheus using the engineer technology for their video recordings. And it's like, how and why would it even happen that way? Because David sent it. The robot sent. I, I know that David. The sent robot it, but, sent but, the recording of that moment as the beacon to get them to come there. My, but my question is: is how would it affect? How would it show up the way that it did? Like I get the audio fine, but the little the little blue lights that show up it right. just it was dumb well we're, well at that point you're just working under the assumption that they can receive video transmission as well as audio transmission like even though in alien the only transmission they receive is video is audio but there was no video to send i guess is the different comparison well the, th- the thing is too is, is it's not really video is what i'm trying to get across well it's i mean like, visual right like, not video specifically but something a visual element to the distress signal well, and, that and isn't purely audio some of this is where my problem comes in too is that you have what we see to this point to be smart characters fixing problems that are difficult to fix. And they're like, but a sound though. And there's a huge debate scene where everybody's like, no, the fuck we're not going down there. That is a terrible idea. We're all scientists and we know that that is a horrible idea. And Billy Crudup is like, but God though. And then they go. That's really the biggest, that is, that is wholly my biggest issue of this entire movie. You mentioned it in Prometheus, but it is way more it's, relevant in this yes, movie. Yes, 100%. This crew is fucking stupid. Absolutely. Like, every Absolutely. member of this crew at some point it, like, establish, or, uh, you know, exhibits poor judgment and a very, 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 very glaring lack of common sense. Like, yeah. Billy Crudup being the chief among them. Like, Holy as the, crap. As the, the, you know, the acting captain after the death of James Franco. My God, do these people make really stupid decisions? <laughs> like, I mean, that was one of the big things that people were reading from early reviews right away. Why do you show up on a planet without helmets? Like, they're not wearing spacesuits. They have no protection at, at right. all when they touch down on this planet. The just, argument, just because their instruments say exactly. that it's more That's viable the argument, than the other is that choice. it is viable and that they could live there. But you've never been here, dude. Yeah. You gotta come strapped. You gotta be protected. Like you can't just touch down on a fucking rock way out in the middle of the galaxy and just assume everything's hunky dory. Like, Haven't you ever heard of Ebola? Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's habitable to humans, you it could be habitable to other shit, man. Other shit breathes oxygen. There could be things there. Surprise, there are things there. Oh like, no, really? Oh, man like that is there are lots of things that i can try to explain away in defending my like of this movie that is not one like and then at no point did i feel any sympathy to anybody in this movie because good lord are you guys making really bad calls and it bleeds into every single aspect you have billy crud billy crud deciding to go to the planet when they get to the planet deciding to explore so much further once they start exploring further like then you have on the on the uh, above in the above the atmosphere you have Danny McBride like but my wife though and they're like we're not taking this giant ship through the atmosphere right. he's like but my wife though yeah like, and then are his, you fucking kidding me his stupid stupid wife who you assume <laughs> is supposed to be some sort of military <clears throat> and she freaks out at the first sign of trouble and blows up their only way off the planet <laughs> oops <laughs> because she's shooting a shotgun in the bay of the ship. And hits fuel tanks that are just sitting there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's not how you design your ship, having all your fuel tanks exposed. 
like for for plasma rifles to easily <laughs> right. ricochet off and, of. And no better perfect crystallized moment to exemplify the idiocy of these people than the egg scene, which I'm not going to. Don't jump, jump right ahead of that yet. Like, okay. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. We'll get to it. It's I can't worth, wait to get to it. It is worth its own because examination. Fuck you, screenwriter or Billy Crudup, whoever made that choice. Uh, anyway, it's yeah. So, to, Every, so getting to the planet is yeah, it just is, idiocy. It is jump on jump on jump. Like, how much dumber can any of these people be? The only person I feel remotely sad for uh, initially is uh, the main, the main, our main Daniels. heroine. Yeah, Daniels, because she, you know, James Franco is her husband, man, person, so he's dead, and she's real sad, and she is making all of the correct assessments. She's like, no, we shouldn't go here, this is bad. No, we shouldn't do this, this is bad. We probably shouldn't explore this, this is bad. But at no point does she actually try to convince the rest of the crew that it should be bad. Like, if you can get enough people to agree with you and just mutiny and fucking lock Billy Crudup's God-loving ass in a fucking tank where he's not going to be able to meddle in some shit... This movie doesn't happen. And I understand that that means, oh, this movie doesn't happen, so how do we have this movie happen? Well, I don't know, man, but you could have written any other you, way. That's where you got to... Write it any other yeah. way. Called better writing. Yeah. Write it better. Find find a way that makes more sense. It, even in... Okay, so then let's make the jump into the temple a little bit here. So even when they get into the temple, there is literally a Pablo Francisco joke from 1999 that happens. Like, guys, well, I'm going to get naked and take a shower because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Like, why would you take a shower right now? You don't know if you can get off this planet. And you know that people are, your crew members are being picked off one by one, and there are things bursting out of them. Yeah. To, to but, be fair, I don't think she actually got naked and she wasn't really taking a shower. She, 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 she was, like, to, washing her face. No, I know. She, she, she literally bathroom. said, I'm going to go wash up, and that's the line. It's not her right. action, yeah. I'm saying, but that's the line. She's like, guys, I'm going to go shower. Like, it's literally like a... We're we're getting into slasher film territory right. with the style of these deaths. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah that literally. Exactly what happened. This is what Matthew Lillard was, or uh, whoever wrote that uh, movie. I cannot remember was making fun of. This is what this is called bad screenwriting. Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. This is what he was mocking when he wrote Scream, which mm-hmm. was fucking twenty years ago. Yeah, but that, you still use those devices and things because sometimes it's but convenient. not so glaringly. No, obviously. sometimes you do, but not in this movie. Like that's. It, you can take those leaps in logic when you're not trying to make a movie. You're, you're attempting to establish that this crew is a bunch of trained professionals. Like, yes, you exactly. know, normally it's like dumb teenage kids. Like, okay, teenage kids do dumb shit, but you're a bunch of like, you know, scientists, scientists, the, and the weird minded people. The weird android that looks exactly like our android said that we're safe here. So let's. Yeah, separate. we should trust him. Fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Obi Wan Kafassbender showing up and <laughs> doing, doing some bullshit with his his fucking cape on his so, uh, frag flare. Yeah. So, oh, uh, all right. I look. I do like this movie. Like I, <laughs> I want to impart this. I watched this and was actually impressed that it wasn't terrible because I was waiting for it to suck. Like you know, I love these movies so much that I want them to be great. So I right. know that part of that was bias on myself. But I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and revisiting it, and I'm going to see it again. And the more I think about the things I don't like, the more I come back to the things I do like. I do like the scene uh, where we we get some answers from Prometheus about how what it is that's motivating David Android, sentient Android man, to become like weird and meddlesome is because he, having already known his creator, is now in the dangerous position of being in, able to also create, you know? So he he takes it upon himself to be the one to further the evolution of this alien species in a way that makes it feel like he's actually invested. 
not only is he invested in like trying to establish this as like a thing, like he wants he wants them to thrive. He's also doing it for less sadistic reasons than just wanting to kill people. Like it it is it feels practical. Like it it comes off in a way where it seems sadistic, but it feels like the motivation is less that because he's he's an android. He's not actually sadistic. He's practical and pragmatic. Like I think it's interesting that they take the time to show the scene where they go back to the engineer planet where he drops all of the virus onto all of them. Right. Not only does the scene look fucking wicked cool, but that gives you uh, that gives you a reason to get to that planet to begin with. Like he he I sought felt that out. Too much. You thought it was too much. I felt it was too much. Why? My my feeling with the entire Alien franchise is I feel like less should be more, and I feel like that whole scene could have been described without the bonkers special effects flashback that it was. Yes, it looked amazing. I'm not taking anything away from that. It looked amazing. But I felt like it took away from the tone that I want from these movies. My which, argument... Which is, it, ahead, it's sorry. less... Less scope. I want, I want it just, you know, more closed. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does, but I guess my argument for the inclusion of the scene would be that you need the context to prove that there was a reason they got there. And also to question how that would have happened if his story checked out. Because it, it becomes pretty clear at a certain point in the movie that when he says uh, um, Elizabeth from the first movie, uh, Numeri Pace, when he says that she has died and explains how she died, it calls into question the validity of that story when you see a scene of him eradicating all of the engineers because at the end of Prometheus they're establishing that they're going to go find the engineer home planet because she wants to ask them why they want to kill humanity they wouldn't eradicate the entire planet if she just happened to die like you know that wouldn't have been a motivation that he had alone like or that he would have been able to act on if she was still alive like it seems pretty obvious to me that he having figured out that he wants to further the evolution of this alien puts it in her, which is how she ends up dying. It's, it's shown in the film, so right. she has a very untimely end. Um, so they puts it in her in order to then further the evolution of that. But it wouldn't have been able to do that if she was like along for the ride. Like she didn't want to go there to just blow it all up. So he kind of needed to have that happen right. in order for him to establish that that then happened after that. It's like my feeling is just with these movies. It's like Ridley Scott feels like. Because he can do this, he should, and he really shouldn't. And I felt that way with a lot of the special effects in most of the movies and some of the scenes that they did in most of the movies, not just the ones that he directs. Um, But it's just like, yeah, we can do this. We can make this awesome-looking scene, but do we really need it? Especially when I feel like all of that could be explained with a monologue. I mean, Michael Fassbender is an amazing actor. I feel like he could have conveyed all of that without that whole scene. He gets to monologue a lot, though, man. You, he does, you, you especially, considering, that's the thing. especially like, considering he's two different people. Right, yeah. he's, he's playing two characters. He's got a lot of screen time. He's talking a lot. Like, right. to, then, to then just give him one more scene of dialogue is like, well, I mean, does the whole movie just, we're filming Michael Fassbender talk to himself? Like, you want to have stuff that is investing visually. Would, would you disagree with that? 
Disagree with what? Watching Michael Fassbender talk to himself. No, not in not in actuality, but in my Alien movie, I might want yeah. more. I, I, I want more than kidding, just yeah. two Fassbenders. You know. Yeah. No, I I know. If you just this if my you, biggest problem. If with you that. film a like a documentary of Michael Fassbender like interviewing himself and answering the questions, I'd watch that a million times. But <laughs> I would know that's not an Alien movie. That's just Fassbender on Fassbender. And can we also talk about the uh, practicality of uh, or the uh, screenwriting cheat of? Oh, this android can grow hair and change his hair color at what? will. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, oh that made me well, so mad. They did show him dye his hair blonde in Prometheus, and his roots were brown in Covenant. So, I mean, if his hair grows, that's how it would grow. It is weird that it grows, though, right? Yes, He's a it, robot. Is, it is weird that it grows. He's an android. There Sorry. is a difference. So, I mean, for what it's worth, he is, is produced. That is true. He's a synthetic. Yeah. But that's it's still possible, I, I guess, if you're allowing to make that that uh you know concession i where where do we go like i i feel like we were we're kind of not breaking into the things we really don't like about it like i you know josh admittedly said he hates this movie i do not hate this movie but i keep bringing up things that i don't like about it without really hearing a lot of pushback on things other people don't like about it we're just kind of agreeing like is there is there something i'm missing i don't like the fact that the antagonist of the movie ends up being the android again it's like almost all of these movies that have an android in them either the android ends up being the antagonist or it's hinted at through most of the movie that it might become the antagonist i feel like that was just a cheap cop out isn't that i didn't part of the want to see david become the antagonist of this movie he was already the antagonist of prometheus that's like but that's part of the whole that's part of the whole touchstone of the series kind of thing though right like it's it feels like by making that nod because I, I felt like it was more of a like a tip of the hat as opposed to like a blatant like retread like it's it's making note of the fact that this is a this is a repeating storyline because we do it well like it's it's something that just keeps getting brought up because it's a it's a constant it's a constant battle between humanity and literally every other force in the universe alien right. or their own doing like their own hubris that leads them to building these things that will inevitably try to kill them we should have androids. been called alien hubris right like it's you know i i think that it's actually kind of pertinent to have that kind of, of that kind of friction between alien and or between human and machine because it's it's kind of a thing that shows up in a lot of science fiction let alone just this series like it is right. a constant through the whole and, thing and i i think maybe that's probably part of the reason why i'm so tired maybe of it just because it. It, yeah it's yeah. just you could have done so much more in my opinion so let's jump to my favorite stupid scene in the movie all right yeah i, I, we, I we, waited we, we so long so yeah so we have uh so so David is creepy, the android, and is uh, is doing a lot to creep everybody out, but no one is really raising any red flags. They're just all like, well, he, he's keeping us up here, so it's probably safe. So we we get to Billy Crudup meeting David alone and coming into his room of horrors where there are sketches of fucking aliens and shit. And well, there are samples, too. There are samples of the aliens and yeah. shit, which would make you wonder, how the fuck are these all here? But so... He's completely accepting of all doesn't, of this. They explain it. A doesn't bit. he also find Numi Rapace's corpse in that? Or was it? Yeah, like, it's on the table. It, or was it? He like does a not find model. that. It's, he doesn't find. No, it. it's not him that finds that. It's not him. It's, it's one of the other it's, guys. But it is on the table. It's on the table. It's but on the it's table, not. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's uh, uh, 
Walter. Yeah. 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 That's when Walter comes in. So which which we haven't mentioned to not to interrupt real quick. We keep talking about the two androids. Essentially, Michael Fassbender has dual roles in this movie. He plays Walter, which is an android that is a part of the crew of the colonists with an American accent. With an American accent that at the very beginning of the movie sounded terrible. It grew on me, <laughs> but at the very beginning, he had like this deep American accent voice, and it just sounded. You have weird. to, but you have. There's going to be two of them, so you got to yeah. separate them. Yeah. Right. And then David, which is the android from Prometheus, which is also Michael Fassbender. And they play off each other a lot in this movie. I, I felt out. the need to clarify that because yeah, that's going to get fine. into... They kiss. It's going to get into something that I didn't like about the movie as well. Not them kissing, I don't care. Um, but we'll get into that. Okay. You were talking about... So yeah. Okay, so there's this, this point, this distinct point, and I don't want to harp on it too long, where Billy Crudup says literally to David directly, I've heard the devil talk. I've heard the devil speak, and he sounds like you. Yeah, he calls him the devil. Like, right. you the devil. Like, pretty much it says, you are a trickster, and I cannot trust you. To which David says, come this way. And Billy Crudup goes, <laughs> duh, okay. <laughs> Where are we going, George? Follows him into a cave. Hold on. There are so many chances for this to go so wrong. Like, there are so many ways for him to fix this. He So he follows him into a deep, dark cave. He goes down the deep, dark cave. There are wet egg-looking motherfucking things all over this room. So logic dictates if you are a scientist who is the captain of a science mission, who is religious and just called something the devil, maybe you shouldn't play with it. David goes, no, it's Especially okay. when he says it's okay. He like, watches it open up and the Billy, devil tells you it's fine to touch it. the devil says, touch it, it's okay. So then he touches it. Now you still have like a 12-second window before this ultimately happens. He sees it starting to spin in a very menacing fashion and he looks closer. Sticks his face <laughs> right above it. He sticks his face into it. And then a fucking face hugger bursts out. Yeah, yeah. It's the traditional style of Alien. And it, it looked happens. cool though, man. The the, the chest bursting scene looked cool. I mean, if we're gonna talk about it, you know, the we want to talk about the gore briefly. Like it all looked great. I mean, that all back it did, scene was brutal. good. God, that dude's back getting ripped open was fucking horrifying. <laughs> like, yeah. So it looks great. I mean, all the viscera is all in the places you want it to be. But if you want a minute nineteen section of this movie to hate, <laughs> there it is. It's right really, there. It's because really it takes hard, man. a long time full of stupid and dialogue. The worst part of it too is that like these are the kind of scenes that an original alien or any of the earlier alien movies would be used to build tension. But we have a problem here though where we have David in the room to tell you that this is going to that the thing. It's almost if it's just saying, if it's just a man discovering an egg, you're like, oh it's gonna happen and you're just kind of waiting for it to happen, but maybe it won't. Maybe he'll get lucky. Maybe something else pops out. But this is literally like you're feeding this to me. Like I don't have to be scared. I know what's gonna happen. Yeah. I know everything that's about to happen. Yeah. Oh I don't know what's I didn't know. Come on, just like, get it done with. <laughs> the thing I have when I see movies like this is I have to brace for them a little bit. Right. Like yeah. I have to I have a horrible problem when they're good. With jumps. Yeah. yeah. There's no jump scare there because when it when it it unfurls for like a full three or four seconds and then it leaps out. But the leap out doesn't matter because I've had a full fifty five seconds of dialogue to tell me he's going to get face hugged. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I see Billy Crudup, God bless him, doing the best he can with just the worst concept, like the worst motivation, the worst writing. Like, and this is why I, say, I think I said this at the theater. You need a, another director. Like, you need a joint. Either a joint director or somebody with some balls no, to that. say no. Yeah, I. But I feel like that was a conscious choice. Like there, there is something leading him as a man of faith to like look into this egg and feel that everything will be okay. In theory, 
that's what they were going for. Well, the indictment there then would be that people no, who are of faith. It's not are an stupid. indictment. That's what I'm saying. It's not an indictment of people of faith. It's an indictment of that character. I'm not going to broad. Okay. I can't paint with that broad a brush. But if that's the thing you were going for, it failed spectacularly when you initially set him up with the whole you're you're the devil, like calling David the android pure evil and saying that he is bad. You can't follow him at that point as a person of faith. You go away or you kill it. Like something has to happen in the, in your brain to realize, have you realize what is about to happen is bad. And everything that's happened up to this point has been that robot's fault, Android's fault. So I can't continue down this path. And then he does anyway. So then it's all out the window. Like there can be no arguments made that anybody couldn't have dealt with this better. Like, this should have been dealt with entirely better. That's my biggest, hugest issue with this entire movie is that it is the dumbest fucking crew ever. And it's no more exemplary, and this will be the last thing I bad I have to say about it probably, it is no more exemplified how fucking retarded everybody is when, or actually, that's not that's not fair word to use and it's probably wrong to say. How Shame. self-serving and terrible most of these people are now because... As previously established, we have a ship floating above the atmosphere that has 2,500 colonists on it, all in cryosleep, whatever, and, like, three people flying the ship. Their only job is to keep the ship above the atmosphere so they don't fuck up its systems and they don't crash it and kill all these people that they're going to start a colony with. So we know now that we can't colonize this place, right? These three people that are in the ship, we know that they're down there fucked. They're, like, at this point they said, we're all dead. There's, like, three of us left. As someone that has been tasked to go do this in the best interest of humanity, do you, and this sounds bad, do you say, "Mm, sorry guys, the risk outweighs the reward and you fucking fly away, or do you fly down and crash land onto this planet practically to save three people and potentially get an alien on board to fuck up everything that you have struck, that's driven so hard to establish? If I may answer here. Sure, but my wife though, <laughs> he, he already knew she was dead. They he had already she had already told him he was dead. Yeah, that she right. was dead. But my wife though, no, that, that's not what I'm saying. You're not answering the question. I mean, what is the right thing to do? The right thing is to leave. The right thing is to fucking sorry, leave. guys. Why are yeah. we even? Why is this even a conversation that needs yeah. to happen? You no. know what happened in Prometheus when they thought that the dude when the engineer was going to take off in that ship and they were going to go back to Earth and destroy it? They suicide. They fucking it. dove into the ship to prevent it from leaving. Like you know. Uh, my dude, Idris Elba. Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba just comes up, fucking, you know, pony up. I'm, I'm dragging my spaceship right into your spaceship. Fuck you in the face, and then that's that's how that conflict is resolved. Yep. And how his, does and this his crew get to this is like, point? His crew is like, put your it's, shitty flyer, so we're gonna stay with you and right. help you. Yeah, it's like it's for the greater good. You know what I mean? Like the three people on that ship realized what was at stake, killed themselves to save humanity. These three people are like, oh, but our friends, and fucking fucked everything up. And, you know, by the time we get to the end of the movie, we won't skip right there yet because there's a couple of awesome leaps in logic. But you get to the end of the movie, and then everything's fucked up, an alien gets on board, and this, all the shit goes haywire. And this actually leads me to the last thing that I want to talk about as far as the stuff that I hate about this movie. It goes back to my problem with the whole Android being the antagonist thing and that being tired. It was also so fucking predictable. The moment that Walter and David started fighting, I knew that the Android coming out of that was going to be David pretending they to did be Walter. They nothing to, to disguise it either. Right. Like, it it was just so brutally and painfully obvious that I could not enjoy the rest of the movie. And that's that's a problem, too, because I when we left the theater, I, I was saying out loud, I'm like, 
I get and I knew that the alien, the, the androids were going to switch places and, you know, bad android would end up on the ship. How did it happen? Like, it, it, it needs to be pointed out. Walter is missing a hand. He's missing like, his right hand. He has a scar on his he's face. He's missing a hand. He has a clothes. scar on his face. The clothes are all different. A whole bunch of shit is different to signify that they are two different androids. Right. And then the bad android ends up on the ship looking exactly the same way that the good one looked in two seconds time. Because in the time it the ship gets down to pick up the crew is at the same, you know, simultaneously two androids are fighting and they are inside a temple. The ship is outside. And Walter like, had the upper hand. And Walter had the upper hand. So they... <laughs> They illustrate they illustrate that bad fastbender. <laughs> they illustrate the bad fastbender may have reached for a fucking knife or a rock or something. But yeah, they do show the knife. But but he stabbed it, him is earlier. The knife like the data spike in Robocop. That's what I'm Does saying. He just transfer his subconsciousness. He, he stabbed him earlier in the neck because he thought it shut him down, and it did temporarily. But then he got back up. So we know this this android can take a, an ass beating, the good one, because yeah. he's technically a little more advanced than the bad one is. And emotionless. Yeah, and emotionless. So how how do we get the bad one to look exactly like the good one and get on board? We do not see it happen. And right. that is a problem I have with this because it'll be in the next movie. Um, I guarantee you yeah, they're going to show the scene where David somehow gets the upper hand and cuts off his hand and scars his face and immobilizes the good android enough in enough time to also sprint all the way to the ship. And you see him run. He's not running that fast once he's actually out there running. So. Right. Where does this happen? And then, you my, know, another issue is is when he's on the ship. Once they make it back up into space, he infected one of the crews so that another alien pops out. But then he helps Danny McBride and what's her name? I don't I don't know the actress's name, but he helps he character. helps them Waterson, to get to get the alien off the ship. Why even infect the other guy and bring in an, an alien on the ship? Well, because you. I mean, you know, I guess the the thought process there would be if he just watched them all perish or, like, let them try to deal with this and not help at all, it would make them assume that he was the bad one. So he, knowing that he had one already with him in, you know, like, that he would be able to put on the ship himself, that getting rid of the other one wouldn't be a big loss because he would be able to then subterfuge the other one on there. I just I, in I keeping up appearances. Yeah, I you know just I, mean? I don't see the point of even letting it loose to begin with because he already had those embryos that were conveniently hidden away in his android stomach. Yes, he has alien he has alien <laughs> embryos that he transports. He's you know subterfuges onto the ship. So it's like why even infect anybody at this point? They already believe that you're da- they already believe that, that you're David, right? You know, all you all you succeeded in doing was killing what two more people, three three people. Yeah, but then there's no one else. Like then it's just her sleeping. Yeah, well, because her, her and Danny McBride. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah I forgot he survives. He's flying the whole thing, right? So I don't know. I I feel like I haven't done enough to talk about the things. You do I want did. to hit those two logic jumps before we wrap it up, though. Oh, you can quickly, uh, real briefly. Well, that one I did was okay. the the android, and now the other android one. switcheroo. Which is I don't know. You said you had two more to go. Oh, I said there was point. a couple. I didn't mean literally okay. a couple. But I that was, was making sure we covered. It was the biggest one. Was the Android thing? Look, we spent a lot of time talking about what's wrong with this movie. But I would like to take a couple of seconds to tell you what I really did enjoy about it and why I think it is definitely viewable. Watched in Congress with Prometheus, this makes a pretty interesting two movies. Like it, if you watch these apart from the entire Alien franchise, it kind of establishes itself in a direction where it's going to get more interesting. Like. We've gotten the parts out of the way now of the existential questions about what it means to be human and what it means to meet your maker and, you know, man's uh, reflection of his mortality and his struggle in a place and find a place in the universe. All that shit's done. We got through Prometheus. We got all that shit answered. We get into Covenant. 
there's there's aliens in the world. We know this now. We kind of we kind of know why, but we don't know to what extent. So that's what's going to come in the next couple of movies where shit's probably going to go back to some colony or to Earth and shit's going to get bad again and we'll finally get to see aliens run around with like Earth, which would be kind of cool in some in some form or fashion, not necessarily Earth Earth, but these work really well the interplay between the two movies to establish kind of a new canon. Like it's think of it like bond, right? Like, like bond movies do this. Star Wars kind of does this for itself. It's, it's taken upon the creators of these movies to put their imprint on these, on these characters and this type of movie, just as much as it is to further the world that already exists within these films. Right. So when you take these two movies together, they actually start a new kind of formation of a new set of movies, and they're not bad. We're some of the reasons that we don't like these movies is because compared to what has preceded them, they're trash. Because they're trying too hard to lean into those movies. Like if you can keep them separate from what it is you've already seen, these aren't bad. I will I will maintain my argument on that forever. Like I think Prometheus is underrated, and I think Covenant's pretty good if I'm watching them apart from the rest of these movies. Because once you start putting too much nostalgia and too much hopes and aspirations on these movies, they do lag a little bit. Right. And this movie isn't as good as Prometheus because Prometheus I think did more with what they were trying to do ultimately. But it exceeds Prometheus in certain ways, including visually, because it's fucking awesome looking again. But this is not surprising. And uh, some of the, you know, this is from a very technical standpoint, like, you know, I really appreciate what it was they got with the scope. Like, they did well to establish the scenes when they were open. And then they did they did enough with making, you know, certain certain scenes feel that kind of isolation that I felt from the original movie. It's not nearly on par, but like when they're shutting down, when they're on the ship and they're shutting down corridor after corridor as they go through to try to trap the alien to get it into a place where they can manipulate it to do something specific. Like all of that felt very alien-esque. Like that feels like an alien movie that I knew. It it harkened back to, and they even used some of the same camera tricks because they did the first person a little bit in it. Right. But it it harkened back to Alien 3 with that whole thing where they were trying to lure the alien into it Yeah, to manipulate it down through spots so they could eject it from the ship. Like It was executed better in this movie. I I agree. I totally agree. And I think that's to its credit. Like the, the things it does do well are very, very good. And I think that this movie will prove to be okay, like, over time. I want another one. Like, at first, I didn't want any more, but the more I think about it, I do want at least one more movie to kind of cut all of this off so we don't have to keep asking questions about these movies because that is my biggest issue is that it still leaves too much open. But I like what it did leave open this time. Like, the the glaring openness in Prometheus gets a little more answery in this movie, but the things that they don't answer in this movie are so small. You could have answered them in this movie. Like, right. you know, why do these, why do the androids switch place like that? Why is this crew so stupid? What <laughs> comes first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. And, uh, what is David actually planning on doing? Like, cause now we don't know, we don't actually know the extent of what his plan is. Like, he could have articulated that better because he's practically espousing everything he's doing the whole time to everybody. So it's not like it would have killed him to just say three more words. I plan on killing like, all of humanity. What do you want to show What's your motivation, me? though? Like, it, it, what, you, But what do you want to show me, though? Right. I need more motivation. You yeah, know. Absolutely. I don't know. I I like it, though. I really do. Like, I think this movie is worth watching. I think it is a good movie. Like, It's not great. It certainly isn't the best Alien movie. But you know, if I'm ranking it objectively, it's probably fourth third maybe i might i might like it more than prometheus after some time but i doubt it so it's 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 like a 
it's like a toss up. It's in the second half of movies, but it's certainly better than uh, Resurrection. Yeah, and it's, it's probably de- it's better. better it's probably better than three. I mean, as I much as I love three, I don't think it's better than three. So I don't know. I don't think this is bad. I I think I think it has room to move, and I think it could have been better. But I don't. I didn't hate it. So let's let's final word this. Alien franchise on the whole, overrated, underrated, or fairly rated? Around the horn, Dave. Underrated. I think on the whole, all of these movies are worth viewing. Like they are collectively a good series of films. There are problems, there are hiccups, but if you accept the flaws in those movies as being individual flaws movie to movie, there is usually enough, with the exception of Alien Resurrection, that festering shithole, there is enough in each of these movies to keep you invested in what is going to happen in the next ones, personally speaking. Josh? For me, if I'm looking at these movies as one movie, like from front to back, it is one movie, they're not separate, I'm going to say that the franchise is overrated because I feel like the strength of the franchise relies too hard on two movies. Fair enough, and I think it's fairly rated because I've only seen the best ones. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you definitely have that going for you. So I've conveniently avoided it at its worst, so I can't say yet that uh, it is bad. But I will say what I have seen, which is one, five, and six, mm-hmm. uh, I've been thoroughly impressed with. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited that Ridley Scott was quoted recently as saying, "If you want a franchise, I'm good for six more." Yeah, he. I am less excited about phrasing. that. I'm more. I'm excited to think that he could do one more to finish all this shit up to to, Two end, more to end what vision he has for this. I'm not excited if he's actually going to keep making these because I want other people to get a hold of them. We had mentioned Neil Blomkamp's name earlier in regards to his, you know, as yet to be made Alien project. There sounds the table. there sounds to be so much promise in that though. Like mm. those are the kind of ideas I want to see. A guy who has a very specific visual style. If you don't know. Um, Excuse me. Neil Blomkamp directed uh, District, District 9, Nine, Elysium. Yeah, uh, Chappie, which Chappie, is Chappie, which great. is a fucking Chappie's not show. okay. Chappie's not great, but it's it's kind of all right. Like it's got some shit in it, it, but it has a look. Like it looks like those movies. Like, right. You know, Neil Blomkamp has a very very specific visual style that would let I think would lend heavily to this sort of film. Like I, I believe he could work Ellen really Ripley well in that space. Back. Yeah, and yeah, maybe you see Ripley come back. I'm kind of over Ripley because I feel like that that story's been told, but you know. It could just be a bit of sour grapes from Alien from Alien Resurrection, but I don't know. All that being said, though, uh, you know, this last movie was good. I think you should all watch it, and everything added up together, I think, makes for a pretty decent run of movies. I mean, if we're if we're you know we're rating it on the whole, like we said, good or bad, they're all kind of worth watching. So and if you, if you liked what we had to say today for Josh and Dave, uh, for all of our sakes, please check us out on iTunes, Podbean. I think we're on TuneIn and Google Play. And you can find all We're of us everywhere, on uh, sportsyourdetroit.com, which is where our main stuff goes. Uh, most importantly, before I wrap this up, I want to say review us and rate us on iTunes. It is important. If you like what we're doing here, uh, it helps spread the word better than you, even word of mouth because it's quicker. Do Somebody, that too. A, word of mouth helps, of course, but the, the reviews get, can cross country lines instantly. Yeah, dog. So I want people in India to know what I feel about Alien. And then, Dave, <laughs> where, what are our social media handles before we wrap this up? At Over Under Fair on Twitter, overunderfairpod at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. We got an imprint there. Um, we've all got individual Twitter handles. We don't need to go through that because we're running long. But, the, you know, we urge you guys to feed, uh, give us some feedback and reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know that you like what we're doing. And we're going to keep doing it. So, yeah, man, this has been Alien. This has been a lot of fun. I had a really good time. Josh, you feeling good? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, we'll have you by again. Josh will definitely be here again. 
Jason, how you feeling? Absolutely great. I feel pretty good about this. So, that being said, speaking for the cast and crew of Over Under Fair, it's Dave Roldan, and in space, no one can hear you scream, but you can hear us podcast, so do that. Love you. <laughs>